Welcome to the Inspiring Brains Podcast, hosted by Nick Thielen. Join Nick as he talks to comedians, artistic people, and of course, the music scene. Any scene you can think of pop culture related, that's Nick Thielen. And now, here's your host, Nick Thielen. Let the Inspiring Brains Podcast begin! afternoon everybody and welcome to another episode of the inspiring brains podcast i'm happy to have you along and hopefully you're staying healthy and safe um, i know the restrictions here in alberta are slowly being lifted and i hope if they're not already in where you are that they will uh, slowly start to ease those but just be cautious and continue to follow health guidelines uh, no matter what they be just use sanitizer and follow the uh, proper uh, protocols and we'll all stay safe and get back to as close to normal or uh, the new normal as soon as we can. Um, but with that said, I'm very happy to share with you today's guest. It's someone that I, I really respect uh, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to have on the podcast. Uh, that's James Moore and James Moore is a comedian and a producer of comedy shows and he has uh, been producing uh, Western Canada's longest-running open mic, uh, which is Comedy Monday Night, run at Broken City uh, in downtown Calgary, um, and it's a stage that's been running for 15 years. It just celebrated its 15-year anniversary this past month, and has seen, has seen the likes of Bob Odenkirk, John Doerr, Zach Galifianakis, and many, many others, uh, Mike McDonald. And, and so many more uh, grace the stage. Uh, so it's absolutely a privilege to talk to uh, James and, and get some insight into what it's like uh, producing that show and a lot of the uh, work that goes into it, like uh, the hours and dedication it takes to produce a show and uh, and advertise it and and get the word out there. And not only to produce a show, but to produce a show that is so well respected and and run like a well oiled machine, um, it's uh, it takes a while to establish that reputation. And, and James has got it. Not only that, but uh, James and uh, some other Calgary comedians, uh, Corey Harding, uh, they've actually expanded the uh, the Comedy Monday Night into a franchise now to include a show uh, called Comedy Tuesday Night. Uh, which is also in Calgary, so he talked about that a little bit, and uh, and uh, he gave some advice as for people who are producing shows, uh, whether it be locally in a small town or whether in a bigger city, which I think is going to be great uh, to hear. Um, and uh, he talked about what he's got planned uh, for the future and uh, what he's working on now that you know we're uh, still kind of uh, in the uh, in this pandemic and and the fact that he's at home on Monday nights now and that's never um been a normal regularity for James so um I'm very privileged to share with you today's interview and uh thanks to James for his time congratulations on 15 years my friend and and here's to 15 more and uh thank you for all the hard work you do um I know a lot of us uh in Alberta and and really all over the country appreciate it and I hope you know uh how much we value the work you do so thanks again to James Moore I hope you guys enjoyed this interview uh stay safe and I'll uh see you very soon for the next episode bye for now
Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. I should start out by telling you I've been traveling. I've been away. I just got back from China. Yeah, that was fun. China. Everything you do in China, it's like scratching something else off the bucket list. For example, uh, I went and I did the, the hike of the Great Wall. That was awesome. But it's a package tour, so this is what they do. Um, they take you out and you hike the Great Wall in the morning, the afternoon they bring you back into the city and they stomp off at a clinic for a foot massage. Which sounds like a great idea because I've just been hiking the Great Wall and my dogs are killing me. But this is what they do. They wait until they got your feet in a tub full of hot water and then they trot out a doctor. This guy's gonna do an examination of me based on pressure points in my hand he's gonna diagnose what might be wrong with me internally. And I'm in China, I figure ancient Chinese medicine might as well go along with it. So the guy grabs his point in my hand and he says, I, I think you have a cholesterol problem, which was a little spooky because I was just at the doctor and diagnosed with a cholesterol problem. <laughs> and then he grabs another point in my hand and he says, I think you have a vitamin deficiency. Now it's really getting weird because my doctor just put me on supplements. And then he grabs another point and he says, I think you're having a sex function problem. That's what he called it, a sex function problem. And this is the point in the conversation where I knew this guy was full of shit and I had to tell him, I said, look, doc, if you wanted to know anything at all about my sex function, you're pretty much checking the wrong hand. <laughs> oh yeah, just look at the calluses on that bad boy. There's no problem here. Call yourself a doctor. Let me tell you, I'm a bit of a rock star in China too. Yeah. Red Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, I'm that guy. Before I went over, I did a little research. This is something I found out. Only about 80% of everything you say in English translates literally into Chinese, which means about 20% of my dick jokes became chicken recipes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. And I'm pleased to welcome today's guest, uh, my good friend, uh, James Moore. And James is, uh, is the producer of Western Canada's longest-running open mic, Comedy Monday Night, recently celebrating its 15-year anniversary. Uh, in addition to that, he's also a well-established comedian himself. He's a two-time finalist in the Great Canadian Laugh-Off and a five-time invitation-only Just for Laughs showcase comedian. Uh, he's performed all across Canada, into the U.S., and into China and the rest of Asia as well. Um, and it's my pleasure to welcome him to the podcast today. How are you doing today, James? Hey, Nick, I'm doing great, thanks, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, first of all, uh, how, are you, how are you holding up with uh, the situation we're kind of currently living in right now? Well, I'm happy to report I have no symptoms so far. How about you, Nick? Oh, not, not, not too much, no. Uh, uh, it hasn't been too bad, uh, but mostly just uh, staying inside for, for the health of, uh, of some of my family members and stuff like that, and kind of recommended so at this point you know we don't have too many places to go outside of grocery stores as it is so um well, well we've just... had just about 
about three weeks of lockdown now, so I'm almost caught up on laundry. Oh, that's that that's quite an accomplishment. I think uh, <laughs> you might have to add that to your uh, to your bio later on. Um, but uh, I yeah, we were mentioning a little bit, like talking a little bit before you got on. Uh, uh, you know, you're you're uh, the founder and producer of Comedy Monday Night. Uh, which is in Calgary at, at Broken City, and that's usually every Monday night. And and now that uh, this is happening, uh, you're spending some Monday nights at home. Uh, what's that like? That must be kind of a weird feeling. Well, you know, I've, I've often joked that uh, I I don't know what's on TV on Monday for more than the last decade, and uh, so now I'm starting to find out. Yeah, yeah. Um... And you yourself started uh, stand up in uh, two thousand and three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, did, do you remember the first time you performed stand up and what that was like for you? Oh, I do. Um, I I, uh, I had a very I had a very warm uh, audience, a very generous audience, and uh, they were they were inspiring enough uh, to make me want to do it again. At what point? Did you realize, you know, maybe I have something special here and I, this is something I want to do and, and travel with and, and see where it goes? Well, I've never thought I had anything special, to be honest with you. Yeah. I just, I've always had the, the burning desire to, to perform and to do stand-up comedy ever since I was, you know, a young fella. And I used to watch, we had the old black and white TV and we used to th- see things like, like uh, Laugh-In and George Carlin and stuff like that on the TV. So... Uh, I've always enjoyed comedy as an art form and, and always thought that I was at least a conversational, uh, funny individual. And, and at some point when I finally had the opportunity, I thought it would be worth, you know, trying to make that transition from conversational funny to actual funny. Right. Was was it something that, like, uh, did, was, did family and friends recommend it or is it something you, you always wanted to do and try? Well, it's like this. Uh, and I'm going to try and make this as brief as I can because uh, it, it can be kind of a long and rambling story. But here's what happened. I always wanted to do comedy, never never really had the opportunity or, or knew how to, to get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a sister who is the, the executive director of the Calgary Epilepsy Association. And she started a program that's called Epilepsy Out of the Shadows and Into the Light. And what that was all about is she created a program where she took a lot of kids who were afflicted with epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And if you're a young, a young kid, uh, epilepsy can be entirely uh, terrifying. Yeah. And so what she was attempting to do is to provide uh, kids with epilepsy uh, confidence. And so she created a program, as I mentioned before, Epilepsy Out of the Shadows and Into the Light, where she took all these kids and she put them together in a room with a couple of professional comics and they took a little comedy course at the end of which it was about six weeks long. So, you know, a couple nights a week for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that, they did a show for all these kids in the local comedy club and all their friends and families and parents and stuff came out and it, it was great fun and it was very successful. And that program subsequently has been, has been showcased around the world. Other epilepsy associations and organizations across the planet have implemented a similar program based on the model that she created here in Calgary. And a number of years after she started it, uh, she created a program for adults who had also been afflicted with epilepsy. 
mm-hmm. and for the same purpose to try and provide confidence to those to those individuals. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time she had a couple a couple of seats in the class that were empty, and she wanted to fill the seats. So she invited uh, my other sister and I to to join the program, and we did. And at the end of that program, again, it was six weeks long, and there was a little performance down at the local comedy club. And that was my first time on stage. And, and keeping in mind, at that point, I was 43 years old, so I was no kid. Yeah. But mm. it was an incredible rush and a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it enough uh, to the point where I wanted to do it again. So that's kind of the way it, it, it kicked off for me, Nick. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel... Uh... Coming in, like coming into uh, stand-up comedy, starting it in your in your kind of mid forties, does did that? I mean, that must must have given you, or does give you, more of a a broad base of experiences and uh, stories to draw from, right? Uh, do you feel like that's been helpful um, uh, with your comedy journey, or do you wish you had had done it like twenty years earlier? I'd done it 20 years earlier there's no doubt about that and you know on the one hand you're absolutely right by the time you're in your mid 40s you've got a lot more to talk about besides uh, poop and fart jokes yeah that's exactly 100% I was going to say the first couple of years is always the sexual jokes and the easier material so in some sense like like guys like Ali Hassan for example is very successful and he started later on and and uh, you know it's still it's still possible right so um, well, it is, but listen, I'm going to be honest with you, my friend. Um, comedy, uh, as, a, as an industry and a business, is is uh, full of things like ageism, and right. you know most of the most of the industry is not looking for the next hilarious forty-something guy. Right. Hey, what they're looking for is they're looking for a guy like like you, Nick. You're mm-hmm. what they're looking for. Okay. They're looking for a young guy who's funny and um hungry and uh somebody who really you know has a lot of a future ahead of them and and you're what they're looking for i'm not what they're looking for so guys like me and ali hassan to get anywhere in the industry you really have to fight hard because we're not we're not what they're looking for nobody's looking for another middle-aged white guy that's I, i i guess i see what you're saying but i mean uh I'm just trying to say, in terms of what you've done, uh, there's 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 quite a lot that if I had done what you've done, like uh, for example, like you mentioned in the bio, at least you you performed in the U.S. and uh, in all coast to coast across Canada, and I haven't had the chance to do that to, but yet. But uh, you've also performed in China. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that experience and and uh, what that was like for you? And and uh, did you have to adjust to the audiences over there when you were first performing well you kind of got to make an adjustment for china but keep in mind when when you perform in in china you're performing for expatriate canadians and americans and and you know brits and and other westerners Mm -hmm. so the material the material that you would deliver that audience uh, you can't do you can't do like regional jokes you can't you can't be you can't be trying to get laughs with with uh jokes about calgary transit or toronto transit or the sky train because most of the people in the audience are are not from those places so you you have to you have to be a little bit more 
universal in, in your approach. And I'll be honest, I had a great time over there, and I, I did a show in a place called Tim's Texas Barbecue Bar and Grill. Very cool. <laughs> for a bunch, yeah. like I say, expatriate uh, Westerners. And so the deal was... I'm there with, with a bunch of my buddies, and as long as I was telling jokes, my buddies were drinking for free. Right. And at the time that you went, did you go with like somebody like Lars Calio? Because I know I talked to him recently, and he's done a lot of international travel as well. Or was no, that... I, was there, I was there on my own. Okay, so you kind of you scoped out locations and, and places to perform uh, on your own. Did they, did they have... oh, I, like I say, I have buddies over there, and so, you know, they, they, had set, they had set some stuff up for me before I got there. Oh, that's fantastic. Do they do they have uh, comedy clubs like the same as you would in, in North America, or is it is it more like those kind of, like, bars and, and things like that that you're... Well, they, they have had and may have comedy clubs in some locations, but a, a comedy... A comedy club is a very tenuous operation in some place like China, and I'll tell you why. Because of the because even okay. though it's expatriate Westerners that would come to the show, the tendency for Western comics is to go over there and do the same type of thing that they would do here. So, for example, political jokes. Right. Everybody likes to talk about politics over here, but trust me, in China, nobody is talking about politics. No. And if you're a Western comic and you're on a stage in China and you start taking shots at the uh, communist government, you're getting they will come in and they will close those comedy clubs down. They'll do it the next day. Yeah. And that's happened to some clubs that have been over there. Wow. Wow. Um, so at what point, it, when you were doing stand-up... Uh, in the, in the journey, did you uh, start uh, producing shows? And then was was Comedy Monday Night that first show or the show you started with? Well, no, I was doing. I was doing at that time. There was there was no open mics anywhere except Toronto and Vancouver. There was there was a, a couple out in Vancouver and, uh, and a handful out in Toronto. There was nothing in anywhere in between. Nothing in Vancouver. Or, sorry, nothing in Edmonton, nothing in Winnipeg, nothing in Calgary. And two years in, and I started to recognize very soon, if you went down to the amateur night at the local comedy club in town, the amateur night was on Tuesday, and there was seven spots, I think, on a show. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you went down there, you would be lucky if you would get a spot maybe once every three months or something like that. And it didn't take long before it occurred to me, because I heard a comic one time say, you haven't been on stage once until you've been on stage a hundred times. Yeah. And so I started working the math out in my head and it occurred to me that it was going to be a really, really long time getting to a hundred if I could only get a spot on an amateur show once every three months. Yeah. So that was sort of the motivation for starting up, um, you know, an independent open mic comedy show is because uh, I wanted to have access to stage time and and so did a lot of other people so that was really the motivation for doing it and like i say that was about two years in and so the the growth that you've had in in with that open mic uh, um is that some of it simply because at that time it was the the only uh open mic there and then it just has the 
well obviously it's it's also well run but it just has the reputation of being a very well uh, run and long-standing open mic is that why you're hearing a lot of people coming out to comedy monday night like uh headliners when they come is that is that the reason they're they're showing up or well i think the reason that those guys stop in and um, do the show on the monday night is first off is it's a lot of fun yeah we've we've cultivated an audience and you know 15 years that's a long time to cultivate an audience but we've we've got a a core audience of of great comedy fans that like to come out to the shows Mm-hmm. So that's that's what you need. It's a catch twenty two. It kind of goes like this: if you want to put really great comics in front of an audience, you got to put a great audience in front of comics. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the constant chase. And let me tell you, putting asses in seats is really hard to do. Right. But we've managed to, like I say, cultivate enough of an audience that we always have people in the room, and it's always a fun show. And when guys come to town that's what they want to do they want to do fun shows and and that's what we that's what we offer we offer a monday night when there's it's a dark night for every other club in town mm-hmm. so it's a great opportunity to go and hang out with you know local comics and road comics and do a show in front of a, a room full of really fun audience members so yeah. i think that's really what it's all about I will say, like, uh, I, I do love that it's a, it's a broad cross-section of, like you said, like, amateurs and, and uh, you know, hosts and, and, and professionals and all that. Uh, for me, I, when I first started out, I was, uh, I first started out in Lethbridge, and then I went to Medicine Hat quite a bit, and, and then Red Deer, where I'm, I'm from in the summer. So, it was probably about a, I was probably doing comedy for about a year, maybe a bit more before I actually even did uh, comedy Monday night for the first time and uh, it was quite a shock to, uh, to to be in that room and then also you know I, I didn't even know that rolling laughter was a thing right <laughs> right like to be honest with you like because uh, but one of the things I've always loved about performing here in Red Deer is that even though the tough uh, the, the crowds can be tough sometimes anytime I, I, I come to a, an open mic like comedy Monday night you know I've I've practiced my material enough to know that it works well with a tougher crowd like a crowd in in Red Deer or a smaller town. So it it makes the it makes the nerves quite a bit easier, I think, and uh makes it pretty fun when, you know, like you said, like it's kind of infectious when you have like 200 plus people in a room and you can make them laugh like that and and learn a lot as you're doing it. Um, so. Well, you, you have to earn it, and that's what happens. You, you get to the point where you have some confidence in, in the material, Nick, and yeah. uh, you've got some good material. And if it'll work in Red Deer, it'll definitely work at Comedy Monday Night, that's for sure. Because yeah. like you say, Red Deer is a bit of a tougher crowd. Right. I've, I've done shows in Red Deer, I know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so for you, when it comes to your, your act, like... Um, did, is there a, a certain process you have when you're when you're writing new material or working things out? Do you, do you record it like do you record all your sets or do you write stuff down on paper? What is the process like for you? Well, I don't really have a good process. If you want to talk to a process guy, you need to talk to a guy like Trent McCollum because he has real discipline when it comes to writing. Yeah. For me, it's it's more like 
sometimes I'll come up with a premise and that premise will roll around in my head for, for, you know, sometimes days, weeks or months until, until I see something or, or I hear something that, that now, now I've got a, a premise and now I've got a punchline and it comes together in my head and then I write it down and then it's a joke, but it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, because for me, uh, really good jokes, they just materialize out of thin air. Like any time I've ever, like Trent's one of those guys, he's, he sits down and he says, okay, I'm going to write uh, 10 new minutes of gold. And yeah. it might take him all day, but when he's done, he's got 10 new minutes of gold. And any time I've ever tried that, Nick, here's yeah. what it sounds like. It sounds like it's <laughs> contrived and it's not funny. Right, yeah. So that's a real art. That's a real talent. See, yeah. uh, like a guy like Trent and a real discipline that I, I wish I, I, I had a little bit more of. But for me, like I say... Uh, they materialize in the thin air and out of thin air and up and right. material. Do you do you feel like uh, producing and and being involved in these shows has helped your act personally? Well, I can tell you. Here's what it does. Uh, so I see things that occur on stage that that I I understand are just things that should never happen on any stage anywhere. So I certainly get, um, you know, some of the the whole presentation theory behind doing comedy mm -hmm. and i certainly get why the other thing i get is access to stage time you know on a monday whenever i want or or up to this point anyway i've had access to stage time any monday that i wanted yeah. so if you have new material it's really helpful if you have a, a forum in, in which you can present it to a to a qualified audience right. and when i say qualified audience that's a very important distinction because uh, six comics or six other comics at the back of a room um, that you're playing to is not a qualified audience. A qualified audience is a room full of strangers and people who don't even know you uh, that are not necessarily prepared to, to pander to you because you're a great guy and laugh at your jokes just because you're the guy that said them. Mm -hmm. A qualified audience, they don't know who you are. They don't even care. And all they care about is what you're going to say next and will it be funny right okay. so that's that's one of the real keys that i've had on it had how long do you think um maybe it was initially i don't know uh, maybe not having as many open mics uh that helped starting out but <sighs> how long do you think uh it took starting out for comedy monday night to to like you say have the the constant full rooms and uh things like that well Let's see. Now we started. We started in 2005. So it wasn't until we got to Broken City, which was in 2009, mm -hmm. is when we got to Broken City. So, so it took more than four years. But understand also at that time, you know, as a, as a form of entertainment, uh, open mic comedy wasn't a familiar thing that most people would think about going to do. Yeah. You know, they would. They would. They knew about the comedy club. And they would go to the comedy club on the weekends, but the whole thing of, of open mic was something that nobody really understood, and they didn't, and not even me either, but yeah. as, as audience, they didn't really understand what open mic was all about, and it took a really, really long time, and I can't tell you, uh, it was hard work too. Mm -hmm. uh, to try and, and, and spread the word enough to, to enough people that were willing to come and listen and the thing about comedy monday night is the way we package the show together that i knew if i could get them in the door they would laugh they would have fun 
and they would go home and tell their friends and come back. Is there any particular reason, like, I know you said there was already a, 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 the Yuck Yucks on, on the Tuesday, but is there any particular reason why you chose to go with Mondays as opposed to, like, a, a Wednesday or a Thursday? Like, or is that just how you decided to do it at the time and just... Well, no, the reason I, I purposely picked Monday, because at the time, of course, uh, Monday was a dark night for the clubs. Mm-hmm. So there was no other there was no other clubs open that night. So there's no way that I was going to be perceived as competition to one of the clubs. Mm-hmm. And and I'll be very candid when I suggest at the outset the clubs were not necessarily happy about what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And some of the clubs perceived me as a threat, and they did everything they could to try and uh, ensure that I would fail. Oh, wow. So it wasn't until a number of years later they actually started to to understand that what I was doing was beneficial. Uh, not only to the local community, but to the local industry. So it took a little a little while before the clubs would, would even have, you know, any appreciation for what I was doing, too. Right. So, again, it was a difficult start. Uh, of the years that you've done uh, stand-up, like, uh, you know, you've done it for, for 15 years, uh, and, and I'm assuming that, like, one of the, one of the major reasons you're st- still doing it is, is just uh, ha- having the opportunity to have these kind of people on your stage like um what is it that keeps you uh keeps you driving personally to to keep doing comedy yourself but also to to keep producing the show is there well the reason i do comedy is is pure and simple it's for money um okay you were supposed to laugh right there (laughs) oh i was gonna say i mean like that's (laughs) like every other person i've like i've uh i've interviewed has been like well let me tell you there's not much money in this so i'm like oh go on let me hear what the secret is but no i agree i agree with you there's a you know uh if you're doing it you got to do it for the for the love of the of of uh, the the game and kind of I, I love well, it for them. That is, that is, and you've just touched on it. That's the reason that I, I do comedy. It's it's really for love of the art form and the pure thrill of being on stage in front of a live audience and making yeah. a room full of strangers laugh. It's a lot of fun. For me, I think it's like the camaraderie, too, between the comedians, and I think, like, the... What I love especially is, like, even in a community where you're... If you're touring, for example, traveling a lot, like and you know nobody in in a particular town now with the advances of like social media you can just like search up xyz town and comedy and you'll probably find a group with a couple hundred comedians and you can probably find a a place to stay or a couch to crash on and and the comedians they all understand kind of the process you're going through and what you're trying trying to strive for even though you're only sometimes getting paid uh, with uh, with food or, or gas on a good day sometimes. Um, yeah, we've, we've done a lot of we've done a lot of shows for spring rolls. What what is it uh, in your career so far that, that you're most proud of? Clearly, it's comedy Monday night, and and part two of your your previous question. Uh, the reason I keep uh, persisting with comedy Monday night is because um, comedy Monday night provides a lot of great opportunity for a lot of not just local but traveling comedians to have access to stage time and not just stage time but like i said before it's stage time in front of a a fully qualified audience Mm -hmm. so it's a a great resource for for comics first and foremost yeah and next to that it's it's a really it's a really great local um entertainment art form for audience members too people Mm -hmm. that come to comedy monday night have been coming for years some of them and they love comedy so 
we're providing a really uh, a really awesome opportunity for comedy fans to have access to comedians too. So mm-hmm. those two things combined are probably the reason that I continue to do it, and I will continue to do it um, provided that we get through this whole uh, COVID nineteen thing, and uh, we still have a venue. And, and so that's a, that's a very key point because right. Broken City, like a lot of other small independent businesses, um, are, are hurting, right. uh, first and foremost, due to the recession. But now this whole COVID-19 thing, a lot of small independent businesses that may not survive. Mm. So we're hoping, um, you know, and touching wood and, and hoping that, that Broken City is one of those that will be able to withstand this whole this whole uh, crisis and and at some point that they're, they're going to be back in business and we're going to be back there on Monday nights well, and putting I, on shows. I would hope, I would think too, like depending on how things go, I mean, uh, Comedy Monday nights had a broad uh, effect on a lot of comedians and people uh, in the community. So I, I would hope too that if, if it came down to it, people would uh, would support and try and help, uh, you know, save what, what, you, what you've established for sure. Um, is there any advice you have for like show producers? I know in Red Deer, like, and in uh, around communities in Central Alberta, uh, Black Falls and Penhold and and things like that. Uh, there's a couple comedians here that are producing shows. Is there any advice you have in terms of starting out a room or how to grow grow your show that you can share? This is what I tell people when I'm asked, and, and what, it re- what it really comes down to is uh, you might be an open mic comedy show, but you're a show. Right. Okay? So even if you're an open mic comedy show, the question becomes how pro can you go? Right. All right? Everybody that's going to do a show or that wants to do a show, you have to ask yourself that question. And mm-hmm. then you have, to, you have to do the best job that you can of creating an environment where professional style comedy, it's a professional show. Comedy Monday night might be, there might be amateurs on the show, but it is a professional show. I guarantee it. Yeah. And if you're going to do a show and it doesn't matter where, and it doesn't matter for who, but it has to be a show and it has to be professional. Right. Every single time. Right. Just in terms of, uh, like show structure in terms of, in terms of like timeline and in terms of like continual, Talent-wise, you mean like bringing in the same caliber of, of comedian? Is that your... It has, it has nothing to do with the caliber of comedians, although the better the show, the better the comics will be. Mm-hmm. And the better the show, even even comics that aren't great, they will show up and bring their game, and they will they will do their best. And mm-hmm. I, I see that every Monday. Right. It doesn't matter if the comic that's, that's on that stage right now is particularly brilliant, but um, because it's a professional show, they bring their game. And they do their best right. every single time, and so there's no, there's no uh, hacking off on stage. We we don't get guys that walk up there and say, "Well, gee, I don't know what I should tell you." Well, yeah. if you don't know what you should tell me, get off the stage. Right. Let somebody else up there who does know what they're going to tell me. Right. If you, yeah, if you if you don't know what you're going to say, then that kind of means like you're done your set and and <laughs> get off the stage. The whole thing, the whole thing from start to finish, has to be approached from a professional standpoint. So when you say the show starts at 8 o'clock, the show starts at 8 o'clock. It doesn't start at 8.35. Right. Yeah. If you say the show ends 
at 10.30. The show ends at 10.30. So that's mm. professional. Right. And you have to set it up like a professional comedy show. You have to create the, create the environment. You've got to have a, a proper um, a PA system. Your, your audio-visual reinforcement has to be pro. You've got to have good stuff. You've got to have you know, good PA, good sound, good lights. You have to have a proper mic stand. You have to have a proper microphone, not one of these things that looks like it's been used, you know, for hammer and nails into a fence. Right. You know, a, a proper mic stand, a good mic stand, not one that a guy goes to lift the mic out of the stand and the stand comes apart. You know, th- those types of things. Right. Do you... That the cords work. That, <laughs> that, that, that the, the system works all the time, every time. You have to do a sound check. Have you got a backdrop? Um, you know, what can you control about the room? Do you have do you have twenty two TV sets that are all on and tuned to sports? Right. Would would you see that in a comedy club? No, that's. So that's the approach that you need to take to it, Nick. Right, and uh, and so do you think that? Uh, I mean, I'm wondering, like, you you know, uh, comedy Monday night is really pretty well established, but what are some of the things that you, you're doing behind the scenes that may like? Are there things you're doing that maybe maybe comedians or or people don't know about? Like, are are you still are you, for example, like promoting it on the radio once in a while? Are there are there news articles about it or or what are the kind of things maybe that people aren't 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 noticing behind the scenes that you're working on a lot? Well, all of the above, and I'm not going to give away all my secrets. No, I'm either. I'm not um, asking but... you to. I just <laughs> I mean. It's really all of the above, and so you know, on an on an average on an average week, um, somewhere somewhere between fifteen and twenty five hours a week is what I put into preparation for that show for that upcoming Monday. Okay. So I do all kinds of stuff. Um, I do all kinds of of advertising, and keeping in mind, of course, that I'm doing this based on what I'm able to collect at the door of the show. So right. you know, I've done a lot. People come up to that door and they buy a five dollar ticket. I've done a lot with five dollars. I know as well. There is a show being produced in Calgary, uh, Comedy Tuesday Night, which is um, kind of uh, you're kind of uh, uh, overseeing that show. You're a bit of a mentor for that show. Can you talk a little bit about that and and what it's like? Uh, you know, expanding the, the the brand of Comedy Monday Night and the reach of it. Well, basically. Uh, Comedy Tuesday night is is actually run by another Calgary comic, and you probably know him, Corey yeah. Harding. Yeah. Do you know Corey? I do. I do. Yeah. So Corey's a good friend of mine, and we've been pals for you know about fifteen years, long, long time now. And Corey wanted to do a show, and um, what he really wanted to do was he wanted to he wanted to do a Comedy Tuesday night as a franchise. Right. So, in essence, what what happened is he bought a, a franchise from me for Comedy Tuesday Night, and and so there's there's all kinds of details about you know how the how that show because he's basically using uh, my logo, so you mm. know it has to sort of be consistent with what you would expect on a Monday night. You will you also find on a Tuesday night. Right. Yeah. It's not identical, mm. but you know again it's consistent, so you, you get the same consistent experience. Uh, regardless of which show you go to, you're going to have fun. It's going to be funny. There's going to be structure to the show. There's going to be a headliner, and the headliner is going to be awesome. And there's going to be a host, and the host will be awesome. 
And in between the host and the headliner will be a procession of laughs. And, and that's basically what, what Comedy Tuesday Night does. It mirrors Monday night. And, you know, Corey, Corey runs the show, and I think he's doing a great job. I think so, too. Yeah, I just I just wanted to... Uh wanted to mention uh, comedy tuesday night and have you talked about it a little bit as well so uh but uh, what are the things for you uh yourself that you may be working on uh personally for your comedy or for for the shows you're producing uh working on in the future are there um certain goals you have that you're working towards or uh well here's what i'm doing right now um there's a couple things i'm doing uh as a result of the the whole covid thing um, well, I don't know if you've seen any of the posts, but right now I'm putting together uh, Comedy Monday Night uh, at Picture History. And so oh, wow. over the last 15 years, I've been I've been vigilant with a camera and I've taken pictures, a lot of pictures at mm. Comedy Monday Night, thousands and thousands of pictures yeah. of comics and, and all the fun we've been having down there. And what I'm doing right now, because our 15th anniversary is on the... On the um, um, the 20th of this month so April 20th is mm. our 15th anniversary so this is part of the lead up to our 15th anniversary all these pictures and so I'm doing this picture history and I'm posting a, a few pictures at a time with the explanations about what, what the, the picture represents mm. so I got that on the go I'm working on that yeah. and uh, at the same time I don't know if you're aware of this a few years ago we recorded a TV series at Comedy Monday Night. Yeah, the um, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Daryl Mack was involved in it, and uh... that's right. Daryl Daryl hosted the show, and, and it was a it was a show about uh, the process of of comedy and joke writing and, and the background, the mm. behind the scenes sort of stuff about comedy. Yeah. Anyway, there was a there was a television network. It was called Vulcan TV, and we were on Vulcan TV until they cratered. Yeah. And so what we have now is we have two seasons of this television show, eighteen episodes. They're all about twenty two minutes long. They're all all have been edited, and they're all ready to air. And so um, one of the things I'm I'm working on is I'm attempting. Now that again we have the COVID thing, and everybody's forced to stay home. I'm attempting to get our our series online uh, so that people can you know take a look and see some of their favorite comics doing what they do and yeah. in the comfort and, and safety of their own home. Right, that that would be amazing to see. I, I yeah, I only caught like little glimpses of whatever Daryl shared once in a while, but it would be great to see that uh, to see that again. You never know. Maybe I, I don't know. I personally worked for uh, a TV station. Uh, chat TV in uh, Medicine Hat a couple of years ago when I was going to university. You never know, maybe they would be interested in, especially on the late night slots, they might have something available. You never know, but uh, that sounds amazing, James. Uh, and so, like yourself in your in your career, personally, are, are you are you more focused just on producing the shows, and then whenever you get the chance to go out and and uh, join another comic on the road. You're, uh, you're, you're still loving the open road. Is that kind of what you're doing? Or, uh... oh, well, absolutely, Nick. Uh, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm, at my age, I have, no, I have no visions of grandeur at this point in time. Like, Hollywood is not coming to, to offer me um, a, a 
spot on a movie next to Jim Carrey. That's not going to happen. So for me, really, the whole the whole point right now is to just get on stage in front of an audience and have fun. Right. And that's something like like all comics I will do uh, for as long as I am absolutely able. So where where can people find uh, the the history of comedy Monday Night that you're currently working on, and and uh, where can they find more information about you if they're interested in checking out? Well. Comedy Monday Night, the picture history is being posted on our pages. We have a, a page and a group on Facebook, so I would go to Facebook slash Comedy Monday Night if mm-hmm. somebody wanted to go in and look at that. Um, we're working on putting it together all in one place, some virtual site, maybe Google, I'm not sure. But by all means, go to ComedyMondayNight.com or uh, look us up on Facebook and, and you can you can keep up with what, what we're attempting to do comedy-wise there. And uh, yeah, Great. there's links for me and everything there mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm out there somewhere. And I know if you search up, uh, like same as I did when I first started, if you go to Google and you just type in Comedy Monday Night or Broken city you'll find comedy monday night there and if you're interested in performing there's there's links there if people are interested in giving it a try i know one of the things i want to commend to is is the fact that you know it's, it's comedians of all skill levels so even uh, first timers uh you go through a bit of a uh, the uh the, the two minute learning thing at the beginning but it's it's an absolutely fantastic stage and i highly recommend anybody who wants to try comedy or yeah, take it more seriously we put, we put two first-time performers on every single show yeah that's fantastic i just want to say thank you for uh for joining me today uh i really appreciate your time and i wish you all the best with uh, comedy monday night and if there's anything i can do personally to help with that or uh anything let me know and uh, hopefully we, we will see you uh a lot more often when this is all done and i hope to get on a comedy monday night and maybe see you at a few other shows Always a pleasure, Nick. I look forward to seeing you down there at Broken City on a Monday real soon. In the meantime, my friend, I, I hope that you remain safe. Stay home. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Take care. Thanks, Nick.